0: I was born again August 5th, 1975. I was sitting on the bed in my bedroom reading a book concerning sins. I had been baptized in water when I was 15 and thought I was a Christian. God spoke to me that night and said, Joan, You know these mistakes you've been making all these years? Those weren't mistakes. Those were sins. And I said, sins! I thought they were mistakes. At that moment, I was given the Holy Spirit and born again by God. In 1 Corinthians 4, verse 22, The apostle Paul said, the kingdom of God is not in word, meaning in word only, but in power. Somebody in the church of Paul was puffed up, and in verse 18 he said, Now some are puffed up, as though I would not come to you because he would straighten it out when he got there with him. Verse 19, But I will come to you shortly, if the Lord will, and will know not only the speech of them which are puffed up, but the power. Do they have any power? That's the question. They're all puffed up, and they make all of these statements in front of you, but do they really have any power? For the kingdom of God is not in word only, but in power. Now, of course, the word given to us by the Holy Spirit, which he brings to our mind, is full of power. But is these people that prance around on the stage in front of you. Where's the power? Do they really have power? Do they overcome in their own lives? Where's the power? For in the end times, you better have power of God. We're going to start working on this subject, Spiritual Gifts and Power of God. First, I need to give you background. In 1975, I was taken into heaven twice after I was born again. At that time, I was merged into the body of Jesus, made one with Jesus, God and the Holy Spirit witnessing. A few nights later, the exact same thing happened to me again. I was asleep in the night. And I was transported into heaven where I was with God. I was with Jesus. I was with the Holy Spirit. I knew I was with them, though I saw no images. No one's ever seen God. He's a spirit. But I knew I was with them. And at that time, I was merged into the body of Jesus, made one with the word of God a second time. I know now this was to equip me for the work of the ministry that God was going to have me do, which is the calling of apostle and prophet. Apostles deal with church doctrine, trying to set the scriptures in order in the churches, straightening out doctrine in the mind of the individual believer. One woman the other day in the church was praising a physical therapist. It was like her hope was in the physical therapist for her husband. I spoke up and sent her this scripture. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 8. For bodily exercise profiteth little. But godliness is profitable unto all things, having a promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. I broke my left hip the first time in 2010. I had physical therapy at the rehab hospital, but my hope is not in it causing me to recover. My hope is in God doing what he wants to do with my life. I'm 85 years old right now. I fell in 2018 and was taken to the hospital, broke a left hip a second time, badly dislocated my left wrist. They had to do complete reconstructive surgery on my left wrist. Then they started physical therapy. I don't have a hope in physical therapy. God will do what He wants to with my body. I enjoyed talking to the physical therapist. I found them to have quirky personalities and they were kind of fun. And I used to do things to them like, One day in therapy, my therapist had me doing some kind of really dumb exercise. And he went off to the computer, and I knew he was playing games over there while I did these exercises. He said, do 50 of these. And he was playing games, and I knew it. And I began to groan like, oh, oh. And he said, now, Joan, I know you're pretending. And we laughed. But we had fun together. I liked him. Another story. We'd start down the hall, and he'd say, see that picture there? And I'd say, yes. I was walking on a walker. He said, walk to that picture. And I said, oh, that's too far. He said, no, it isn't. You walk to that picture. So I walked to that picture. He says, now, walk to that other picture down the hall. We <laughs> got ready to dismiss me from that hospital, and he came to see me, and he said, now, Joan, let me tell you something. The greatest problem that patients have when they're dismissed is they overdo exercise at home, and many of them end uh, back in the hospital because they overdo the exercise. They think they're going to make themselves strong by exercise. I'm saying that. And then he said, I'm warning you, don't overdo when you go home. And then he looked at me and laughed, and I laughed. He said, but I don't think I have to tell you that, do I? And I said, no. <laughs> I had broken a hip another time, and I had moved to Colorado Springs, and I had a therapist who was from England, and I just loved her. I loved to hear her talk. I loved for her to come to the house. And on her last visit, she said this to me. I used to think I was a pretty good Physical therapist. But through the years, I've watched people and I realize they get well whether I work with them or not. I said, Now look, your work is valuable. You can teach a person how to use a cane, you can teach that person how to use a walker, you can help them learn how to deal with obstacles. But no, God is going to either raise them up or not. And I gave her this scripture, bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. But some people treat physical therapists as if they're gods. Another kind of Fun story. I was in some hospital and nobody was there, no nurse, nobody in my room, and I decided I needed to go to the bathroom. I got up, I got my walker, I was able to get to the bathroom, everything was fine, but when I started to get up off the commode, I couldn't get up. <laughs> How am I going to get back to my bed? About that time, My physical therapist happened by. She came in my room, and I said, oh, I'm so glad to see you. I (laughs) got over here to the commode, and I can't get up. And she began laughing. And she said, now look, you did this all by yourself. So you get back by yourself. And she just left the room laughing. I just sat there. I couldn't get up. About five minutes later she came back and helped me to bed. I found the physical therapists I've worked with have fun personalities. But I know the truth. Bodily exercise profits us little. I'm not one bit better off today. If I had their physical therapy, then I would be doing the way that I've done it. And the way that I do is, if I'm able to do it that day, I, I don't do exercise, but I do typing on the typewriter. That's plenty of exercise for your fingers and wrists, and I do admit that I overdo that in working on the blog. But when I gave this churchwoman this scripture, bodily exercise profiteth little, I didn't hear any more from her. That stopped her. I turned to God with all my heart. For about three days, I was praying. I said, what is wrong with this woman? She's been with us for 40 years. She acts up every once in a while. What's wrong with this woman? I don't know what I'm dealing with. God showed me what I was dealing with. Devils were in her, in her. Now, don't tell me a devil can't be in a body with the Holy Spirit. Many churches teach that. After I was born again, I was delivered by the Holy Spirit three times from devils. God allowed me to witness this. It was in the night I was asleep. There was a real smart alecky, devil it was in my chest and it was skipping through the cavities of my body and ran right into the Holy Spirit and tried to dart back and hide devils try to hide they bring you real fast messages just a single sentence and dart away they try to hide But the Holy Spirit said to this devil, I see you. The devil had kind of backed up around the corner and was trying to hide. And the Holy Spirit said, I see you. I know you're there. You must come out of her, meaning me. And the Holy Spirit said, you must go. You must go. You must go. And that devil was trying to stay. But there was a real struggle going on inside me between that devil and the Holy Spirit. By the way, the name of that devil was a smart-alecky devil. And the Holy Spirit just kept saying, You must go. Even though I was asleep, I felt, something inside of me, sort of in my throat, pushing, leaving my body by my throat. And I began coughing. It was like I was choking to death. That devil left. So I have seen it. God allowed me to see it for this very moment, to tell you that this can happen. And some of those church people that are totally irrational It's sort of like they go temporarily crazy. Look for devils. There is likely a devil in them. But I heard from God there was a devil in this woman. I didn't hear one devil, I just heard devils. And I knew immediately what it was because I've had the same experience. And what I really heard from God was. The things she's doing right now, you would be doing too if the Holy Spirit hadn't delivered you from those three devils when you were a new Christian. The devils that the Holy Spirit delivered me from were a lying spirit, a smart alecky spirit, and the third spirit was unidentified by name. So they can be there. Now, are you afraid of devils? I think most people are afraid of devils. And I've sort of confronted it as I've dealt with this problem with this church woman. This problem only happened a week ago. I said to God, all right, now I know she has devils in her that are doing this taking over, she's letting them take over and do things. That happens usually when you're tired. They gain control. When she's in her right mind, she wouldn't have said those things to me. I know it was devil speaking through her. They speak through the individual. They use the voice of the individual. You can read the Bible and see examples of that. Some devils are so fierce. Those two men that lived in the tombs and nobody could come near them. Matthew 8 and Jesus came by and they knew Jesus and they want nothing to do with Jesus. Well, Jesus is in us. Basically, devils no, Jesus is in us. If we let them, they will take over. Paul said the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Resist steadfast in the faith. So it's kind of a constant battle. It lets up a little bit and the devil disappears for a while, then he comes back with some other negative thought that's not of God. So it is a battle, and you battle it by turning to God with the problem, with the thought he's brought you, and presenting it to God and let God deal with it. And you're free from that problem when that happens. Example I can give you is I was about 81 years old. And one day, I was bombarded by negative thoughts. What's going to happen to you? You're 81 years old now. What's going to happen to you? If you can't walk, you can't live at Pam's house. You'll have to go to a retirement home if you get to where you can't walk. What's going to happen? Devils. They're false prophets. So, like I was in a boxing ring and they punched me with one glove and they hit me on the other cheek, hit me again, hit me again with these thoughts. In the midst of this beating I was taking, I could do nothing but cry out to God. And as the thoughts were coming, I said, Oh, God help me. And instantly the Holy Spirit said, God will supply all your need. And I said, that's right. That's right. Philippians 4.19 My God will supply all your need. That's what the Holy Spirit said. Well, I was rejoicing then. That devil fled from me. I couldn't see him. But he was gone after the Holy Spirit said, God will supply all your needs. This is spiritual warfare from the Bible. Now, we might sound crazy to a psychiatrist or to a worldly person, but I'm not talking to the world. I'm talking to the church. I'm talking about things from the Bible that you can read about. So the men came out from these tombs, these two men that were possessed with devils. The devils in them were exceedingly fierce, and they recognized Jesus. And what they said was, if you cast us out, cast us into that herd of swine. And Jesus said to them one word, go. And the devils in those men, and it was plural, multiple devils, fled into the herd of swine. The herd of swine went crazy, rushed to the cliff, and went over the cliff and perished in the water. Devils drive people crazy. Sometimes it's a temporary craziness. Something just comes up on you. Now, they don't have power over you. You, as a believer, as a born-again Christian, have power over devils. Do you not know that? You need to read scripture on this. Just take your computer and type in power and read the verses of scripture under power. Type in uh, devils and read the verses of scripture under devils. We have power as Christians, as born-again Christians. We have the Holy Spirit in us. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. We have power. But you have to learn to use it. You have to learn also not to be afraid of them because they'll try to convince you that you can't do these things. Why not? We have everything Paul had. He cast out devils. We have the Holy Spirit. We're born again. We're no different from Paul. He had some special spiritual gifts, but so do I. I have spiritual gifts of seeing open visions, which shows me word of knowledge, word of wisdom about individuals so that they can be helped by God through those open visions. Pam Padgett, in 2022, was diagnosed with bladder cancer. The doctor told her that if she didn't have chemotherapy and surgical remover of the bladder, she would die within a year to two years. It was that bad. God shows me open visions, and shows me word of knowledge and word of wisdom by these open visions. I was sitting in my bedroom. Up in the corner at the ceiling, I saw this blob. It was like a mass. And I looked at it, and instantly it went, whoosh, and disappeared. And it wasn't there anymore. Pam had chemotherapy starting, I think, in October 2022. And then she was led by God to switch treatments and to have chemotherapy and radiation instead of chemotherapy and surgery. She had chemotherapy and radiation from December 2022 Until mid-January 2023, in April 2023, the doctors examined her again, and she had CAT scans and things like that. They examined her to see the status of the cancer, and there was no cancer. It was gone. This is a magnificent story of being led by God in medical situations. I think we have it printed on our blog on the first page on the right-hand side where you can click on it at any time and read this testimony. I've read it many times. It is very uplifting. Our blog's name is Jesus Ministries Exhortations. Be sure and put that word exhortation on it because you can't have the same name on any two blogs. Someone else had already had the name Jesus Ministries and we added the word exhortations, which is what we do exhort the church continually. Jesus Ministries Exhortations. But I think you can go to that, and over on the right hand side, I think we have it listed, where you can click on it and read Pam's testimony that she wrote. It is incredibly wonderful how she was led every step of the way by God, given dreams to show her things, and led in miraculous ways. Not one of the five medical people recommended the treatment that she had. But God sanctioned the treatment. They went along with it, but not one of them recommended it. Every one of them recommended chemotherapy and taking her bladder out. She immediately prayed about that one. It's a great testimony. So what I did with this church woman The one where God told me she had devils in her and that was why what was happening. And I said to God, what am I supposed to do about this? Can you cast out devils if the person is in another state? She lives in Virginia. I live in Colorado. Devils are spirits. You talk to God who is a spirit and I don't, know that God's in the same room I'm in but his spirit is why can't I cast out a devil if that person's in another state God reminded me of several scriptures to give me faith to show me that I could do this for example one scripture is beloved believe not every spirit don't believe every thought that comes to your mind But try the spirits whether they're of God. How do you try a spirit? And that gave me faith to say, devil that's in, and I named the woman. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her immediately. And don't come back. Now, he will come back, but that doesn't mean he'll come in her body. These were in her body. Devils come to us frequently and bring negative thoughts. Those thoughts you have to take captive and make them obedient to the word of God. Through turning to God in prayer, And if God gives you a scripture, you stand on that scripture. Like I gave you the example where the Holy Spirit said to me, God will supply all your need. That devil fled from me when I acknowledged, that's right. He couldn't threaten me anymore then with that need. That's just the way it works. Do you have to be afraid of devils? You do if you're not born again. Remember that story about the exorcist people that decided to confront a devil? And the devil said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are ye? He wasn't born again. He wasn't even a Christian. And he tried to confront devils. Don't do that. Actually, I'm not looking for them, but I'm much bolder today than I was a week ago because of this experience. You'll get a lot bolder if you look at the scriptures on the subject of power. And if you will also look up devils and read the scriptures on the devils, you should see that we have power over devils. Now, I've not had one problem with a negative thought or anything else since I took action toward the end of the week and cast that devil out of that church woman with her being out of state and me in Colorado. I just didn't know anything else to do. You can't reason with devils. They are so twisted. You can't reason with them. You mustn't even try that. If you recognize it's a devil, all you can do is cast it out. She also had another doctrine she was preaching to us. She sent us an email saying she pled with God for the salvation of her husband. She gave us in an email many examples of how good he was to his parents. And I don't doubt this. But she was pleading with God for salvation for him because of his goodness, salvation by works. I didn't hear anything about the blood of Jesus. There's not one of us who would be saved if it were not for Jesus Christ and his blood. Our works will not save us. Is that scriptural? Absolutely. Read the book of Hebrews. We are saved by faith in Jesus Christ and the blood that he shed, and that will save us if we have faith in his blood. So her pleading with God was just totally wrong. I happened to know that she had a dream many years ago that her husband was reading the Bible. I said, now that's how you should have prayed with God. Pray with him about that. You showed me he was reading the Bible. He will be safe. That's how you go about it. Now with Pam Padgett on that cancer, I had a scripture James chapter 1, I believe, verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness nor shadow of turning. God won't give us a gift and take it away. He wouldn't do that. Well, he put me in Colorado to live at Pam Paget's house. Pam does all the technical work for the ministry. She does the blog. She does the books we publish on Amazon. She does the podcast. If it weren't for Pam, most of those things I couldn't do. Is he going to give her to us, the ministry, take her away? Is he going to put me at her house and kill her? or allow her to die? Then I have to go to assisted living. I can't walk. I can't even feed the animals. And I would say to God, now the Bible tells me there's no variableness with you. So you put me to live here. You won't allow this to be taken away from me. See, you've got to plead legally. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Effectual, that means it's a legal basis. What's my legal basis for believing this? I had a house in Texas, and God told me when they took me to the hospital last time, You'll never see this house again, so I put the house up for sale. It did not sell for a year and a half it was on the market. I prayed many times over that house, and every time my legal basis for that prayer was, you told me that I would never see that house again, so I put it on the real estate market. I need you to send someone to buy that house. That's a really legal prayer. And I... Pray the legal prayer about Pam. But you don't pray for salvation based on the goodness of the human because that is not a legal prayer. Then you would deny the blood of Jesus and that salvation by works. And it won't work. You have to pray truth. Well, there's a lot to this subject And I will pick up with this subject tomorrow, God willing.